What's up and welcome back Everyday Jesus family as we are continuing our conversations about life and leadership from Nehemiah. This week we're hopping into chapter 5 and I I say it every time. I know you already know what I'm going to say. I love Nehemiah. I hope that you guys are opening up your Bibles and reading these pages to to see the way that the Lord is speaking to you through it. So I wanted to pose a question. Have you ever been on the way to do something? And maybe something really good. Maybe something like on the way to ministry. And then on your way there, something just out of the corner of your eye grabs your attention. A little problem. Maybe somebody needed a little bit of help. They were on the side of the road without gas. Or somebody at the grocery store needs some help paying that bill. But see, you only have so little time to get to your good thing that you already have planned to do. And you look at it and you think, oh, nope, that's not my responsibility. That's not where I'm heading today. And you think, I'm not really sure whose issue this is, but it's not really mine because I'm already on a way to do a good work. Like, for example, the Lord really set me straight on this one time. I was on my way to volunteer. When I was in college, I volunteered at a pregnancy center, and it took me through an area of town that had some homeless people on the side of the road. But today, it was just particularly noticeable, the amount of people in homelessness that were on the side of the road. And I felt burdened by this. It caught my attention. I thought about it. I immediately started praying for these individuals. And my prayer sounded something like this. Lord, I pray that you would just love on them today. And you know when the Lord grabs your attention really quickly, like he just abruptly disrupts your line of thinking to let you know something. It was one of those moments, and I just had this quick impression in my spirit of him saying, I already love them. I need you to love them today. And that really woke me up, and it shook my perspective. And it's kind of like, you know, the Lord wants us to partner with him in good work. He doesn't want us to always be blindsided by the hurriedness of life. We have to slow down to be sensitive enough to him and respond when he says those things. Because when we are sensitive and obedient to his voice, it gets more prominent in our lives. But the more we ignore it and we grieve the Holy Spirit, it really does dole down quietly. And it's kind of like the case with the Good Samaritan. You know, it says the priest and the temple assistant, these holy people, they walked right past this beaten up Jew. You know, no regard for his wound. Maybe they were too busy or maybe too judgmental. Maybe they knew this Jew. Maybe this was someone who frequently got himself in bad situations. And they could have thought, you know, well, he kind of deserved it. There he goes doing that again. Who knows the situation? But what we do know is that these were religious people. These were people who worked in the ministry for the Lord. And they walked past this beaten and broken man. But it was the Samaritan the despised lower-level person who stops to care for this man, not only taking care of his wounds, but also paying for him to stay at this inn and whatever he needed during his time to recovery. And sometimes the Lord does tell you specifically what you're going to have planned for the day. You will take care of a beaten-up Jewish man when you see him on the road. But sometimes I think, I think most of the time, actually, 
He wants us to allow ourselves to be interrupted because it just kind of takes us off of the throne ourselves. It makes us not the king of our own lives. You know, it makes us sensitive and obedient to his voice when we are willing to slow down and respond when he speaks. And honestly, it just kind of shows us the temperature of what our heart holds. You know, what is the thing that our heart is motivated by? What is the thing that we are willing to slow down and be interrupted by? What is the thing that we are willing to let love for someone else interrupt? And I've also heard people say it kind of in this way. Well, the Lord didn't tell me to do that, like volunteering at church. Like I haven't heard from the Lord that I need to do that yet. And when I hear him specifically say, Crystal, you should volunteer here, then I'll do it. But see, what I have to say to that is, you know, read your Bible. He already told us a lot. And why should he have to repeat, love your neighbor as yourself, when he already wrote it down all those years ago? Why does he need to say again, as you have done for the least of these, you have done for me? It's like parenting. Like, how many times do you get frustrated because you expect that your child knows to make up the bed or pick up the trash or whatever it is, you get frustrated because they're not meeting that expectation. Well, I've already told you, shouldn't you know to do this? But shouldn't we be able to apply that to our own lives and the things that the Lord has already written down in Scripture for us? In plain English, I might add, several versions, just pick one. So sometimes the, quote, not your job moment is intentionally designed by God to be your job in that moment. And that's what happens in Nehemiah 5. You probably wondered if we were ever going to get to Nehemiah, didn't you? See, Nehemiah's holy discontentment in preparation, including what he initially thought was just rebuilding these walls, right? But what we see in Nehemiah 5 is that there's an outcry of financial hardship and unfair interest being charged against family members of the Jews. And they were complaining, and Nehemiah heard this, and he could have said, you know, see, that's not my job. That's not the unique, specific purpose that the Lord gave me. See, I came to build this wall. You guys are going to have to figure out this financial problem by yourself. But see, this problem that didn't seem like his problem was disrupting the unity and hindering the trust amongst the brotherhood of the Jews because there had been a famine in their land, and so there was less food. And you know the natural flow of things. Limited foods means that things were more expensive, and that means that the Jews who weren't as wealthy weren't able to afford the food to eat. And so then they had to take out loans against their land in order to have money to eat, but their fellow Jews were charging these massive rates of interest, and then they couldn't afford their debt. And so then that required them to sell their children as slaves for work. For this debt, for the famine, that was completely out of their control. And it sounds familiar, right, <laughs> to where we are right now. Things are so expensive. Oh, why are you upcharging? It's just supply and demand. It's just how it works. Like we're about to move from our rental property to a, a new house. And the transition of our move includes the person who owns our house raising it by $300 a month. Why? Because 
The market says I can do that. The market says I should charge more for this house right now one year later because everything is more expensive. But should we do that? We should get the world out of our hearts. Stop loving the principles set forth by some greedy capitalists and walk with your God. Stop charging your brothers 12% increase interest just because you can, just because of supply and demand. But Nehemiah scolded them. And I also really love this, the way that he says it before he even comes up against them. It says, I took counsel with myself. I just love that. It was like I took a minute, I took a pause to really assess because his initial emotion was anger. He was outraged by this. So he paused for a moment, he took counsel with himself, and then he scolded these Jews for these crazy high interest. And he says, what do you mean you have your brothers and sisters in slavery to pay you? Is this Egypt? Don't you remember we've left Egypt? And now I'm looking at brothers, enslaved brothers. How often do we have to keep fighting to free our families? And now we got to do it in our own land? He says, don't be a mockery to other nations laughing at us because we're no better than them, because we're doing this to our own family members for the sake of money. Greed is so hard. It's that thing that we really do have to get out of our hearts. But we have to choose to love first. And what I love is that Nehemiah is just this man who came, remember he came from Persia, he came into this land, and he's talking to the wealthiest, most noble people in the land. And he didn't come up kissing their feet. You know, I think sometimes that's our initial presentation with people who are wealthy or high class or society. We're like, oh, well, we can't really hold them to a holy standard. If you're a Christian, you should be held to a holy standard. Nehemiah delivered truth. And I love that. And what I love more is that they saw his heart. They felt the heart of God through it. And they responded. They said they would stop this crazy interest. And they would give it all back to their brothers. See, we just have to prune our hearts so that we stay sensitive to the spirit. That we don't get so caught up in the world. That we don't let Egypt get into our hearts, right? That we don't model the behaviors of the outside world calling ourselves Christians. And what I love even more about Nehemiah is that he didn't just talk this talk. He didn't just have this holy moment of correction with his voice. He modeled generosity. It's kind of like that viral CEO moment. Did you guys see that where the woman was recorded on Zoom And she's telling the employees, you know, you should work hard and you should not be like, you should be happy that you have a job and not upset that you're not getting raises this year. And it was probably pretty comfortable for her to say that because this woman had specifically gotten like $3 million in raises this year. (laughs) Like we cannot have these blind spot moments where we just say, oh, well, as long as my needs are still met. As long as I'm still doing okay, it doesn't really matter what's happening to other people. And see, Nehemiah, he cared, and he cared about others first. And so when he was there, he was appointed as governor, and it says that he never took the food allowance. And it says that governors before him had really put a hardship on the community you know, to pay for them in this way. But he knew the burden, he knew the famine, and the whole time that he was there, he did not once place that food allowance burden 
on the Jews. And more than that, it says that he even opened up his own table. Sometimes more than 150 other people were eating off of his tab. And I'm sure that he had some allowances from the king, right? He probably had done pretty well for himself before coming here. But he was not afraid to live with an open hand. It wasn't like, oh, well, I got to take care of me first. What if we really live like that? What if we really lived like not this 401k is going to save me or this Roth IRA is going to save me? What if we really lived like the Lord was our retirement plan? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be wise and that we shouldn't invest wisely and be good stewards of our money. But what I am asking you to evaluate is what would your life look like if you really trusted God with your generosity? And so my challenge to you this week from Nehemiah 5 is to allow yourself to be interrupted, to look for those divine appointments that feel like interruption, but may be the exact path and plan that the Lord has for you today. And I want you to engage. I want you to bind up some wounds. I want you to pay for somebody's stay at the inn. I want you to live a generous life. And I want the words that you speak to be the words that you live and model for others. Thank you so much for tuning in today as we continue our lessons on life and leadership through Nehemiah. I can't wait to be with you next time as we continue pulling out nuggets from this story. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend so that they can be encouraged through scripture today. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram by searching Everyday Jesus Community. And until next time, just remember, every day, Jesus. Thank you.